I can say good morning because somehow Ohio State pulled that win out last night against Penn State. It would still be a good morning. It just wouldn't be as good if they had blown that game against Penn State. And blown they would have because they had a double-figure lead in the first half. And for a while, it looked like we were trying to conduct a science experiment on whether we could win a game with no shooting, no ball handling, and no defense. But thankfully, we apparently got the results that we wanted realizing they weren't promising, and we decided over the last eh, four minutes, maybe five minutes, to start buckling down on defense, stop turning it over, make a shot. Thank you, Dwayne Washington. And E.J. Liddell at the free throw line. In fact, everyone at the free throw line. And the Buckeyes get the victory, what was it, 82-78 or 83-79, something like that. It was four, but it really wasn't four. It was much tighter than that. Penn State had a shot in the lane, a floater, with three seconds to go that could have tied it, I had visions of Tony Carr banking one in from half court for three or the kid from Purdue, Jaden Ivey, hitting a three uh, after Ohio State had a two-point lead on E.J. Liddell free throws. Yeah, I've seen that happen too often recently. And I asked Chris Holtman about that after the game. I said, are you like a fan at all in that situation where you think, oh boy, I've been here before. I was here last week, a week ago tonight against Purdue. I've seen Penn State do it before with Tony Carr back in the uh, K Debates D up first year for Chris Holtman. Do you have vestiges of a fan in you in those situations? I know your ex isn't owing it, and I know you're doing all the things you need to do, but do you have vestiges of a fan in you? And he said no. But thank you for bringing up Tony Carr, he did say, which he meant facetiously, of course, because Tony Carr was a nightmare for Ohio State in Holtman's first year. And those two Penn State wins over Ohio State in the regular season cost Ohio State the Big Ten Championship that year. And then they were eliminated from the Big Ten Tournament by Tony Carr. Hi, it's the We Tackle Life podcast. I'm Bruce Hooley. Glad to have you with us. Joining us on Facebook, the various platforms that I have there. What would that be? That would be uh, my BruceHooley.com, my Bruce Hooley, and my uh, private for friends only page. And also the Spielman and Hooley We Tackle Life page, which I've already renamed it once. So I don't know if I can rename it again. I think Facebook says you can only rename it once. And so I can't – I want to take Chris's name off of it because he shouldn't be held accountable or responsible or even, you know, remotely associated with anything I say now because he's doing his thing with the Detroit Lions, doing it very well. And I just am not Mr. Tech guy, Mr. Facebook guy. So I know I need to set up a forwarding email. How many times have I been saying that? I've been having a problem with procrastination. I have been. Many different things procrastinating on. i got to get with it. So uh, I, sh- I shall do that. I shall pledge to do that by sometime. <laughs> uh, it's nice to have you with us this morning. of we'll have a faith portion later in the podcast uh, that ties into a movie that my friend in Cleveland, Dave DiNatale, could never believe I never watched. Many friends, when I say, I've never seen, mm, they go, what? How could a guy never see that movie? Well, I saw it recently. While my family was on vacation, I uh, I taped it. That's I don't I don't DVR it because I don't have a DVR. Uh, I have YouTube TV, so I I didn't really technically YouTube it because that's like going to YouTube. Anyway, I watched it, and there's a great line in it that everyone will know, and I can use that as the entrance to the faith portion of the podcast later on. It's a great morning to have Hemisphere Coffee Roasters coffee. It's always a great morning. Midday, afternoon, or evening to have Hemisphere Coffee Roasters coffee. Say, I can't do the caffeine in the evening. Well, get decaffeinated coffee from Hemispheres. They have many different kinds, many different flavors. All of it's sourced from around the world. You know the Hemisphere story, or should, if you've been a Spielman and Hooley podcast listener since August of 2019. If you've been a We Tackle Life listener since, eh, what, six weeks ago when Chris took the job with the Detroit Lions. 
Hemisphere Coffee Roasters coffee's phenomenal. He loves it. My kids love it. I love it when Paul and Grace at Hemisphere make it at their beautiful facility in Mechanicsburg. It's not big. It's quaint. It's welcoming. Go in. Have a tour. They'd love to show you around. They'd love to tell you about, bam, business and ministry. That's what they do. They buy coffee from around the world from their growers, Indonesia, Thailand, Nicaragua, and their growers benefit. The local markets benefit. They do great things. The Nicaraguan grower, I believe, has planted 50 churches. Now, don't picture a big building with a steeple and all. That's not a church in Nicaragua. It's a house church. It's a community. It's people drawing together, and they meet in homes, and they grow from there. So they do great things, and their Thailand grower has saved 70 women in his remote village from human trafficking because over there, if you're a woman and you need to make money because you're single, I mean, you're you're, uh, um, a single mom, the the father has died, or you're, uh, you know, on your own, have to provide or have to contribute to providing, your options are pretty limited on the side of a mountain. I mean, there's coffee plantation or there's the sex trade. Sad but true. Well, 70 women who would otherwise have no other option are engaged in the coffee trade because of Paul and Grace Hemisphere Coffee Roasters and their growers. So that's what you are supporting when you support Hemisphere Coffee Roasters. And oh, by the way, you're getting the greatest coffee you'll ever taste. Spiel says that, and you can't twist the big man's arm to say something that he does not want to say. So order, and when you do, use the promo code in all caps, we tackle life, and you will get 15% off. Yes, 15% off. It's a great, great, great thing. I see some people uh, weighing in on Facebook today, and I don't understand that comment. No idea. So anyway, uh, nice to have you with me, but I'm not following your uh, your post Chelsea, not following at all what you're talking about. So uh, here I'm going to put up the Hemisphere thing. If you missed it, that's how you order. That's the promo code and all that. Okay, so let's delve into that Buckeye game last night a little bit. It's becoming a bothersome trend that this team comes out like a house on fire and then somehow, some way, all the oxygen gets sucked out of its game and it struggles to maintain that lead. We saw it against Purdue. We saw it against Northwestern, notably two of the, what, are they four losses in the Big Ten? And if, yes, and if they didn't have those two losses, I know I keep lamenting this every day. You can't look back. And in fact, Chris Holtman's postgame message last night was, don't stress about the season-high 17 turnovers. Don't stress about Dwayne Washington shooting two for 10. Don't stress about OSU being unable to free Justin Arns for a good look at the basket after the first six minutes of the game. Just smile, take the win, and move on. Mike Pettin, the former Browns coach, victimized again by Tom Brady. Mike Pettin is now 3-11 and against Tom Brady as a defensive coordinator. Uh, Mike Pettin used to say the NFL is a pass-fail league, and I have always agreed with that. Mr. Spielman made me understand years ago that winning any game in the NFL is hard. Any game. You say, what about a crummy team against a great team? Well... Remember when the Dallas Cowboys early in the Jimmy Johnson era first year were winless and the Redskins were powerful? And late in the year, who did the Cowboys win their only game against? The Redskins. Or maybe it was one of a couple they won at the end of the year. But it's hard to win a game in the National Football League. Hard. Other pros, they're good. Well, similar in college. All these guys are on parallel athletic planes. And Penn State, man, they had some dudes. I'm telling you, they were taking Ohio State off the dribble. And for a while, it just... Penn State led by five, they led by seven, they might have led by eight once, and it felt like twice that much because Ohio State was just lost, 
We couldn't get anything going offensively, and we could not guard them. They're a bad matchup. They've been a bad matchup ever since Chris Holtman got here. They're like his kryptonite. Uh, and I don't mean that to be any fault of Chris. He recruits guys who fill certain roles. Penn State just looks like they recruit guards and wings. And then, oh, if a big guy happens to come along, hey, you, want to come over here and try basketball? That big dude they had in the center last night, he can rebound like crazy. He's not too skilled offensively. But, man, they had some dudes on the perimeter, and they always have dudes on the perimeter. And they, Kyle Young just could not hang with Lundy. And Brockington, and they were just good off the dribble. I don't know how in the world they started 0-5 in the Big Ten. Now, they won their last two, and they almost won three in a row last night because that one was, I gave up on it. I gave up on it when Kyle Young fouled out. He had no fouls at halftime. And he had five fouls and out over the game by the fifteen minute by the uh, five-minute mark of the second half. And then C.J. Walker fouled out. And honestly, E.J. Liddell was in foul trouble. And, you know, Big Ten officiating, don't give him a reason. And E.J., after getting in foul trouble, just kept getting, like, perilously close to people, and I kept dreading, oh, here comes a whistle. That's it for EJ. But thankfully, he hung in there, and Penn State just went cold. It wasn't that they're, it really wasn't that Ohio State defended great all the time in that last three minutes of the game where Penn State just went stone cold, didn't score the last two minutes. Lundy had open shots. The shot they had to tie it with three seconds ago, I thought that was down. I was relieved it was a two, because I was I was positive they were going to make a three, but they didn't. And E.J. Liddell got the rebound. He went to the line. He iced it with two free throws. I have talked before this year about Ohio State's uh, sameness across the roster, where pretty much everybody is good enough to get minutes, right? Think about it. Eugene Brown's good enough to get minutes. Michi Johnson's good enough to get minutes. Well, I get minutes because... C.J. Walker's been hurt. Jimmy Soto's out for five games. Abel Porter, they lost at the beginning of the year with a heart situation, and Abel Porter couldn't play. So Michi came in, and Michi, I like Michi a lot. So, But everybody's worthy of minutes. Seth Towns needs minutes. All these guys. Zed Key needs minutes. And the rotation needed to thin because you just can't play everybody. It's just not a democracy out there. Like you got to have eight, nine guys, and everybody's got to know their role. And then they got to learn each other, and they get to learn each other better if you have normal combinations that work together, okay? So the rotation thinned by design, not by design, whatever the opposite of design is, by chance, when C.J. Walker hurt his hand, right hand, and Jimmy Sotos dove for a ball at Rutgers and messed up his shoulder. Okay, but it's not like Sotos and Walker are not good enough to get minutes when they come back. you got to put C.J. Walker in the game. He's a fifth-year player, and he's your point guard, and he never misses a free throw, and he does things that no one else on your roster can do. So he was going to come back in the rotation. So now you got to reintegrate him, and I assume they'll do the same with Sotos, although Sotos could get caught in a wash. This could be like a Wally Pip situation for Sotos. He might not get back in there when he comes back because he's just not, it's not incumbent upon them to play Jimmy Sotos as they've played others. Okay, so that's good, right? You got depth and everybody can fill in, and it's a little bit bad because you don't know, you know, some guys should drop out, but you feel bad, like Musa Jallo. Musa Jallo, he's a candidate to drop out, but last night 
when he came in at the end, he put the clamps on Lundy. And, again, Lundy had the three that was open. He should have made it, and he made plenty of them. But Musa Jallo, you know, he's a guy who, at Notre Dame, he was great. You never know if Musa's going to score or not score, hit the rim, not hit the rim. And that's part of the problem, is that Chris Holtman has a lot of guys who can play. But tell me, how many does he know? How many guys on his team does he know pretty much what he's going to get from them every night? Let's count them up. All right. E.J. Liddell, you pretty much know what E.J. is going to give you. 15 and 8, somewhere in there, might be more, but usually that. Kyle Young, yes, you probably know what Kyle Young's going to give you. 6, 8, 10, maybe 12, 6 or 7 on the boards. Hustle, garbage man, don't have to run anything for him, he'll be productive. Okay. Dwayne Washington, do you know what you're going to get from Dwayne Washington? Dwayne Washington is getting a lot of scrutiny from the opponent because he can light you up, and they don't want to let him light them up. So Dwayne Washington's being covered hard. He was one for nine at Wisconsin. He was two for ten last night. You don't know what you're going to get from Dwayne Washington. Might be 24, might be four. That's trouble. Justice suing. All right, I'm not going to say yes, you know what you're going to get out of justice suing. Although last night was pretty special. 13 points, 10 boards, five steals, two blocks, only one turnover. If we can get that, well, yeah, we'll take it. But remember early in the year, justice suing 20-some, justice suing four. I wouldn't say yet Justice Suing is a guy you can count on, but since they've given him more to do, and it's kind of counterintuitive, you'd think, well, we've got to get more production out of this guy. We've got to give him less to do. No, give him more to do. And maybe it takes his mind off other things, and he just starts producing better. Okay. But at this point, no. You don't know what you're going to get from Justice Suing. What about Justin Arns? Well, he's made four, he's made three or more threes in five of the last six games. So I think you do know what you're going to get out of Justin Arns. You're going to get 9 to to 12 or 14 at the high end. Could he blow up for 25 on somebody one night? Sure. If they decide not to guard him, which would be dumb because he's a 50% three-point shooter. But you also know that at the other end, Justin, uh, uh, Justin Arns is probably going to cost you some points. He just is. He's better defensively than he was. But he's not a lockdown guy, so he's going to cost you some. Net gain plus minus with Justin Arns, you hope it's plus? Would you bet your house on it? Only if you want to be homeless. All right, so there we have Justin Arns. Kind of a, eh, don't know. Seth Towns, you know what you're going to get out of Seth Towns? I, I know he's going to struggle on defense because his knee's not 100% healthy. But... Seth Towns, 10, 11, 12. Seth Towns, zero. It's like every other game. But you can't set your clock by it. Some games, sometimes two in a row, good offense. Sometimes two in a row, bad offense. Last night, bad offense. Didn't score. So you don't know what you're getting on Seth Towns. You know what you're going to get out of Zed Key? Yes, you do. But it's not enough that you'd put him in a starting lineup. It's 6, 8, 10 from Zed Key and 4, 5 boards. Zed Key, solid. Like Zed Key a lot. Uh, who have I left out? Uh, Washington. I've covered Dwayne. So there you go. How can Holtman know? Hey, I'm going to put this guy in. I know exactly what he's going to give me. There aren't many of those guys on this team. So that's a problem. That's a problem. It's not a problem that necessarily Chris Holtman can push a button and fix, but it is a problem. And so they, they will be a team. I still expect them to have a 
three-game losing streak at some point. Hopefully it's not Sunday. Uh, does not commence on Sunday against Michigan State. Michigan State is really struggling. They're way underachieving. I don't know why. I know they're shut down with COVID right now, and they're starting tonight back up against Rutgers. But they got way better talent than they've been playing. They're not in the top 25. They got Joey Hauser. They got Rocket Watts. They got Xavier Tillman. They got Tom Izzo. They got players. They could blow up on somebody soon, and they're kind of a team that could reel off a five- or six-game winning streak. So um, this will be a challenge. Every game's a challenge for Ohio State. They're, they're, they're like the Big Ten basketball version, and there are a lot of teams like this in the Big Ten because it's a great league. They're like the Big Ten basketball version of Andy Dalton. Good enough to keep you in it and good enough to keep the other team in it. That's just who they are. Now, if you're looking for somebody who's good enough to extract you from a situation or protect you in a situation, that means protect your legal rights. That's Willis Spangler Starling. They are the attorney firm of choice of the We Tackle Life podcast and the Bruce Hooley Show on 98.9 The Answer. Uh, if you have a legal question, we'll cross over here. You can send it to me at Bruce at 989 The Answer. And we'll run it by our friends from Willis Spangler Starling Friday night at 6 o'clock. We do a segment called Ask the Attorney. You can find the Bruce Hooley Show 5 to 7 p.m. Monday through Friday on 98.9 The Answer via an app you probably already have on your phone, the iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Radio.com app. You, most phones come with at least two of those loaded. Or if you want the Answer app itself, search in the iTunes or Google Play Store, 989FM The Answer. You'll find it. Okay. So Willis Spangler Starling, what about them? Wills estate planning, probate, workers' comp, employment law, all the biggies, personal injury, and of course they can handle contracts. So they're my firm. I wouldn't want to be in a situation where if I have a legal situation come up, if I'm named in an action or if I need to press an action, or if I just wonder, should I get an attorney for this? I know who to call. It's hard to, to get questions answered if you don't have somebody and there's no cost in just affirming in your mind right now, I'm going to go with them. Or maybe you want to strike up a relationship with them. They would love that. Willis Spangler Starling, their website is willisattorneys.com, willisattorneys.com. Where are they located? Because, you know, if you're in Maine, probably not the ideal situation for you. But they're located in Hilliard. So if you're in Dublin, Hilliard, Arlington, anywhere around central Ohio, make the trip to Truman Boulevard, Willis Spangler Starling. They're great. You'll love them. WillisAttorneys.com. Okay, what else do we have in the uh, sports realm? Well, we have a virtual Pro Bowl last night. Oh, you know, I wouldn't have thought they could make the Pro Bowl any more unwatchable than it already is with no defense, no hitting, uh, crazy things like, you know, guards playing quarterback or kicking, stuff like that, all the shenanigans that they do, and the gaudy uniforms. That's kind of harmless fun. So now in the COVID era, of course, we can't have a Pro Bowl. So we have a virtual Pro Bowl. I didn't watch it, but the headline out of the virtual Pro Bowl from the Browns' perspective is that Miles Garrett uh, said that he, let me get the quote right, it's always good to hurt the feelings of some Steeler receivers. Yeah, there was a lot of back and forth between the Steelers and the Browns when they played the final regular season game, and then they played in the playoffs, and the Browns won in the playoffs for the first time in forever. And it's good to beat the Steelers, right? So uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, before that game, feigned no respect for the Browns. And honestly, why would he have respect for the Browns? With the oft-repeated since and into the future statement, the Browns is the Browns. 
USC proud of Juju Smith-Schuster's grammar, I'm sure. The Browns is the Browns. And then after the game, Chase Claypool, really good player for Pittsburgh out of Notre Dame, said the Browns were super classless. Super classless. It's just a word to the wise. Don't say something like that after a team beats you. There's just no way that it makes you look anything like anything but a fool. And so Miles Garrett last night was snarking the Pittsburgh Steelers receivers. I don't know if both are pro bowlers or just said it so that the word would get back to them or whatever. Um, And I'm not, you know, really don't have a strong opinion on this other than I just wouldn't poke the bear. I just, you know, particularly given Miles Garrett's history with the Pittsburgh Steelers and the helmet swinging incident, I just wouldn't poke that bear. Don't give him a reason. Don't give him a reason to get up. Don't give him a reason to come after you in the trenches. Don't give him a reason, Miles Garrett. That would be my advice. But obviously, they are not taking their advice from me because my advice to Baker Mayfield is, you know what, stop all this. <laughs> Miles Garrett, just flatline and be a beast. Flatline and be a beast. That's my Proviso to Miles Garrett. Now, he did have a little word for Dwayne Haskins, former Buckeye, DH Simba 7 on Twitter, who is now a Steeler. Yes, the Redskins are done with Dwayne Haskins and his uh, reported indifference to studying hard, but Haskins is unquestionably a talent. And, you know, it's not out of the realm of possibility that he could be Ben Roethlisberger's successor and they could have gotten a super steal there. Because I believe Dwayne Haskins has certainly has the arm talent to be an NFL quarterback. Now, can he handle the attention to detail and the drive and the investment of his own time to become better? I don't know, but he's got the raw materials for sure. So Miles Garrett noted that he strip-sacked Dwayne Haskins to preserve the Browns' win over the Redskins. And he said, now that Dwayne Haskins is a stealer, he's going to get that two times a year. Well, I hope you're right. I hope you're right. I just wouldn't. I just wouldn't go there if I'm you, Miles Garrett. Um, here's where I would go, particularly if I'm a business owner. I'd go to auiinfo.com. We have a lot of business owners who listen to the podcast, and we have a lot of business owners who don't even know they're business owners. If you're a realtor on your own, a plumber on your own, a lawyer on your own, anyone on your own in business, you are what the federal government, our friends, here to help. Call you. A group of one. Yes. Now, what comes with the group of one? Well, I'm sure tons of headaches and pressure and responsibility and lack of time to do all the things you'd like to do. Among them, take advantage of the fact that if in a group of one, as a group of one, you can change your health benefits anytime you want. You're not prisoner like the rest of us schlubs who work for others to open enrollment periods. The whole year is open enrollment for you. Or if you're obviously a business owner with employees, same thing. The whole year is open to you. You can switch anytime. And my friend Chrissy from auiinfo.com says, if you haven't looked at your benefits in two years, unquestionably, you are leaving money on the table. In this pandemic, scandemic, whatever you want to call it, why would you forfeit a dollar that you don't need to forfeit when someone is there to freely assess your benefit package, and help you upgrade it and reduce your cost. AUIinfo.com, that's their business. 
They know all the health plans. They survey them, tailor them to you, whatever you need. If you're a plumber in your 50s, unmarried, my guess is maternity benefits are not high on your list of needed benefits, but orthopedic care probably is. Does your health plan tilt toward orthopedic and away from maternity? Well, Chrissy can put you in a plan that will do that for you, and you won't pay Chrissy a dollar ever because, no, she's not a benevolent you know, benefactor. She gets paid by the company she puts you with, and she doesn't have a preferred set of companies. She can get paid and will get paid by anybody. So that's a good name to remember, to be an ally. I was thinking this morning about friends and allies, and I was thinking about, you know, if we'd ever move as a family, we have a ton of people that we could call on here if we got in trouble, if one of us were sick or we needed something or we needed you know, this, that, or the other. And you're probably the same way, right? You lived here. You, you have friends. But what you really need at times is an ally. An ally is above a friend. They come to your aid when you're, you need reinforcements. Well, that's auinfo.com. They're your ally if you're in business, whether you're a group of one or whether you are a multi-employee business. So remember, auinfo.com, auinfo.com, and I will put that on the crawl so that you know how to get a hold of Chrissy, and they have a chat, Zoom, phone, personal meeting, whatever you want, real easy to deal with, auinfo.com. All right, I feel like it's time to get into the faith portion of the podcast because here we are at the 25-minute mark. And so I told you, First of all, I got to put up the. Uh, no, I'm not going to get sued if I put up the. If I don't put up the disclaimer, but you know, I just like to if people watch this and they think, "Well, eh, there's sports guy. Wait, what's he talking about? Jesus, what's up? What's up with that?" I like to put up. This is the faith portion of the podcast, so we do that. Chris and I decided we would do that so that if you want the sports stuff and you want to bug out, bug out. But if you're a person of faith, curious about the faith. Want to hold us accountable? Want to do a gotcha? That's why we label it, so you know what you're doing. Okay, so for a long time, I have had a good, close friendship with my friend uh, Dave DiNatale in Cleveland. Dave and I used to be colleagues at ESPN 850 WKNR. Had a fun five years at WKNR. And Dino and I just hit it off, man. He was just a great guy. Well, we Dino was super talented at recalling movie lines and actors and actresses and our just life experiences just kind of blended and we shared that love of chatting about those things and a lot of the times I'd pull an analogy for the show from a movie and Dino could pretty much identify with every single one of them well there were times I would exasperate my friend Dino over certain movies that are classic that I had not seen and he could not fathom how I could live my full, rich life without ever seeing A, Star Wars, B, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, and one other one was The Godfather. Yes, I'd never seen The Godfather. I know, I should have my man card permanently suspended. Well, now I get it back because I have seen The Godfather. Uh, I think I saw the full Monty Godfather because of lots of swearing and all that. I did watch it on YouTube TV off a channel that I recorded. And so my wife and kids were gone around the holidays, and I thought, all right, let's check this Godfather thing. So, of course, I didn't need to watch it to know 
Don Corleone's famous line in that movie is, I'm going to make him an offer I can't refuse. Yeah, I didn't have any cotton in my mouth like Brando, but I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. The upshot of that being, I know he doesn't want to do it, but I'm going to go and make it eminently clear to him, this other mob boss, that if he doesn't do it, I'm going to kill him. Or I'm going to make life very unpleasant for him, which in that movie probably meant ending the other person's life, but it maybe meant ending the other person's children's lives or whatever. So that line is out there. It is in pop culture. Everybody knows what it means. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. May not mean violence, but it just means I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it so difficult for you that you have to say yes. Actually, the lions were that way with Chris. Initially, Chris was a little like, I don't know, I got a great life, and I, I uh, and the lions just kept indicating to Chris how much they needed him, and that spoke to his desire to serve others, and so eventually they made him an offer, and I don't mean the cash part, I just mean the 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 vision part that they articulated for him, and he saw how his gifts could be applied to that situation to live out his purpose in life in a different venue than he anticipated. He felt his venue was Columbus, Ohio, Breast Cancer Fund, podcasts with the Hools, and all these other things. And the Lions made him understand that, hey, life has prepared you for this opportunity, and look what you could do here beyond the football. Look at the community people you could influence. Look at all. Yeah, so Chris... They made him an offer he couldn't refuse, but not offering the like, oh, they doubled the money. No, not that. I'm, I'm sure he's making good money. I have no idea what he's making. But it was more of a speaking to his heart. In that way, Jesus doesn't, I mean, he does make you an offer you can't refuse if you really understand the offer of salvation and acquiring peace of mind with your eternal destiny. But he does allow you to refuse. Jesus is not a mob boss. He's not Don Corleone. He won't force you to come to him. He will call you and call you and call you. Honestly, he called me (laughs) for, in the beginning, 36 years before I really responded, really invested, really purposed to humble myself and dig in and invest and find out what the gospel truly was. Now, the gospel of Christ is simple to understand. We complicate it because we take our parameters for understanding earthly life and we bring it over to spiritual life. In our earthly life, it's pretty much a quid pro quo, right? You do something for me, and I will do something back because I feel like I have to do something back. Or if I want you to do something for me, I have to do something so that you are willing to give me. Like, you go to work, so you get paid. You court your wife, give her flowers, candy while you're dating her. You're super nice to her. You're not probably not passing gas on the dates. Sorry to be intemperate, but that's a real thing. <laughs> and so then she's like, "Hey, I like I like the presentation here. I'm going to I'm going to complete that transaction and we're going to get married." Life is a quid pro quo. That's not how it works. 
spiritually. Jesus came. Jesus lived a sinless life. Jesus provided a way for you to be forgiven. What is that way? You say to God, wow, you really require perfection from me? I, I, I don't qualify. And he goes, I know. I know you don't. That's why I sent my son. That's why I sent my son. I sent my son because I knew you can't do it. I don't even want you to really strive to do it. I want you to take the free gift of salvation and forgiveness and know that that completes the transaction. You know what? That's why when Jesus died on the cross, as he was dying, what did he say? It is finished. It is finished. He didn't say, well, I did most of it. Now you go out and do this, this, and this. He didn't say that. He said, it is finished, meaning the work of salvation, the means by which you can be forgiven. I just did it. I just completed it. Ah, but believing in Jesus has to move from here to here, to your heart. See, Blocked out by the podcast uh, banner. It can't just be a cognitive awareness. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah, I know Jesus. Well, Satan knows Jesus. He's not saved. But again, it's not a striving on your part. It is a recognition. Whoa. He died for me? I'm forgiven? I don't have to be perfect? When I screw up, I don't have to worry about, like, do I need to go in and ask for forgiveness for that? No, you've already been forgiven. What Jesus did at the cross, all-encompassing, covers all your sin, past, present, future. Now, you can't say, oh, great deal. I'll just go out, sleep around, you know, steal, cheat, lie. Well, now, what would that indicate? If you're married and you promise faithfulness to your spouse, those are the vows, faithfulness, forsaking all others, it's the same vow when you are married to the gospel. I forsake all others. But why do you not cheat on your wife? Most likely, it's not because you don't have opportunity. If you really wanted to cultivate an opportunity, you could, right? You can go out and find somebody else who's into that, and you could do that. But you don't do it. Hopefully, you don't do it. If you don't do it, it's because... Well, I don't want to hurt my wife. I don't want to hurt my husband. I don't want my kids to think less of me. I don't want my coworkers to think less of me. It would betray everything I am. It would hurt people that I really love. Same thing. Same thing with God. Same thing with serving Christ. This is the secret to the whole gospel story. This is the, to the whole transaction, if you want to call it that, of adopting the gospel of Christ, the forgiveness of Jesus, and knowing that it settles your eternal destiny. What authenticates that, what you will know in your heart makes that trade of your imperfection for Christ's perfection your sin, unacceptance, in, um, insufficiency, what trades all that for God looking at you as perfect. God, basically, God looks at you 
if you could imagine Jesus as a as a, a a glass, okay, a window. When God looks at you through the window of Jesus, all he sees of you is Jesus's perfection. He doesn't see your sin, your bad language, your this, your that, your he doesn't see it because he's looking through the glass of Jesus's perfection and your acceptance of that, your bonding to that, okay? So that's the key to understanding the gospel is to you authenticate it in your own heart by just saying, well, I don't want to live that old way anymore. Don't you, don't you see what I got from Jesus? I got peace. I got assurance. I got comfort. I got direction. Yeah, sometimes you get conviction. Sometimes you get, you know, your heart hurts because, man, Lord, I know I let you down. When you get that and you get to the point where you just want to do the things that you know are outside of your own motivation but come from gratitude toward Jesus for what he did, then that you'll just know that that's what changes you. God does not change you so that he can love you. He doesn't change you so he can love you. He loves you so he can change you. He does not love me any more than he loves a serial killer who has not come to him. That's a very hard concept for some people to understand. It's a very hard concept for me to understand in the beginning. He does not love me more now than he did when I was disobedient, lost, flailing around, indifferent to him in my 20s and 30s. He does not love me more now. He does not love like we love. His love is not transactional. His love is not quid pro quo. I love you. I love you as much as I can. Because I love you, I sent my son to die for you so that you can fellowship with me. And that's how God is not a mob boss. Jesus is not a mob boss. They will make you an offer that you should recognize is so good that you don't want to refuse it. But he does not make you an offer and force you to accept it. That's free will. But every man, woman, child in the world must decide for themselves, am I going to accept that free gift? Be united with God. Live forever with him. Live for him in this life as a way of thanking him? Or am I going to hear him at the door of my life knocking? As the Bible says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man lets me in or invites me in, some translations say, then I will go in and we will have fellowship together. We will bond his life will change. It will be more rich, full, peaceful. But the Bible doesn't say 
Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if you don't answer, I'm going to break that sucker down and come get you. It doesn't say that. So you have the opportunity and the full authority to make that determination. And I cannot tell you enough <laughs> what an awesome trade it is and what a life-changing wow it is to invite him in. It's my fondest hope for you and for those around you. But uh, it is um, necessary to remember that you are not someone who has invited God in if you think well, I went to church because my folks went to church, and, you know, I go to church, I'm a good person, so you know, I pretty much have invited him in. Mm -mm. The decision to accept Christ is not one your parents can make for you. It's not one your pastor can make for you. It's not one your friends can make for you. It doesn't have any dust that shakes off someone else onto you and guarantees you eternal life. You must acquire that coverage for your sin, atonement for your sin, redemption for your sin, you must make that happen yourself. My kids cannot and will not be saved because I am saved or because my wife is saved or because their friends are saved. Each one of my daughters, and thank you, Lord, they have, must make that decision for themselves. So, join our team. It's an awesome team to be on. Everybody's happy. Best team culture ever. <laughs> so, uh, just can't stress that enough. And I hope that uh, that will make sense to you, that uh, Jesus is not a mob boss. and He does make an incredible offer, and it is there for everyone. All right, that will do it for this uh, We Tackle Life podcast. Thank you so much for your attention today. It's a privilege to have this time with you. I appreciate it very much, and I'll talk to you again soon.